Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. On today's show, we're going to talk to some of our attorneys about some of the cases and litigation they have taking place across the nation. And to start off the show, I'd like to bring on our attorney who heads up our office there in Wisconsin, none other than Carol Lee Ferraro. Thank you, uh, Carol. Glad to have you on the program. Thank you, Brad. Okay, Carol, you guys have been really active and involved uh, with employees uh, who've been, you know, fired, and uh, particularly from, uh, you know, places there in the in, in the Midwest, like Ascension Health. I understand that right now you're working on representing about 40, 40 individuals. Uh, what's going on with this case? Well, we actually have multiple cases. We're representing a number of individuals who lost their positions because Ascension had imposed a vaccine policy that required them to be vaccinated by November 12th, 2021. And they were told that they would be voluntarily uh, suspended or put on, on resig resignation. And then quickly they it went to suspension status with unpaid leave. And they were threatened with termination by January 5th of 2022. However, five weeks into the suspension period, uh, Ascension did a 180 and asked most, if not majority of all the Ascension employees that were suspended to come back without vaccination and without any additional infection mitigation protocol. The problem is many of them had either lost their positions in the, in the flux of it all, and we're also representing four physicians who lost their practices. And some of them had 30-year practices that they built that Ascension benefited from. Wow. So, uh, I mean, this we're talking about people who've really invested, you know, a lot of their lives into it. Uh, they're, you know, they're losing their jobs. Uh, you know, this is all because of their sincerely held religious beliefs and convictions against taking the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, you know, what, where are we at right now? Um, I mean, can you give us an update on... Uh, on what's what's actually happening in that in that litigation. I mean, are, have they lost their jobs? Have any got their jobs back? Where are we at? Well, some got their jobs back, and some went back and were fully reinstated. But Ascension didn't didn't own up to their mistake or the error or or how they violated their faith. And so nobody within that mix, whether they got their job back or not, or whether you know, and especially the physicians who did not come back, did not have a practice to come back to, um, they, weren't, they weren't compensated for, for the loss. And so it's, they're, the, the people we're representing, their convictions are so strong. They're, they really want Ascension to understand the harm that they did to them, not only as employees, but as people of faith. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, and I just, it's sort of like, you know, it's, Sort of very callous. I mean, they, you know, even if they give them their job back, but they don't compensate them for the time they were out. I mean, their bills have stacked up. These people have, you know, debts and things that they're having to deal with because of the intolerance and violation of Title VII rights, of lack of a reasonable accommodation of sincerely held religious beliefs. 
uh, I, I think that uh, I think you've got a strong case, and this is moving forward. Uh, like we said in the, earlier, we have you're representing about 40 individuals in this case. This case alone, um, I know a lot of people have gotten their jobs back because of your efforts. Uh, so kudos to that. But uh, the fact that uh, there's still these other individuals that are needing representation, um, you know, all all the best, John, and it's 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 very important that we keep them uh, in our, our prayers, keep you in our prayers, in what you're engaging in now. Can you give us an update on the Medical College of Wisconsin affiliated hospitals and what we're doing uh, regarding with regards to, to those entities? This to me is a really fascinating case because of the way they were actually treated and spoken to by their employers regarding their faith. Um, the Medical College of Wisconsin affiliated hospital is the graduate program for the Medical College of Wisconsin. The people that PJI is representing are two resident anesthesiologists who are devout Catholics. They, in 2021, could not accept COVID vaccination due to the connections to the fetal cell stem lines, uh, the aborted fetal stem cell lines. And um, they informed their employer, who had used one of their affiliates, Freighted Hospital, to conduct the religious exemption review process. Now, Freighter Hospital at the time was approving hundreds of religious accommodations, uh, religious, religious exemption requests. And, but for some reason, these two individuals, these anesthesiology residents that PGI is representing, were denied. Um, PGI wrote a letter to the general counsel and to um, their supervisors asking for a reconsideration of the exemption when they were denied. They were told repeatedly that there is no appeal process and that, um, by the way, as Catholics, you have an obligation to be vaccinated. Um, and they were basing this on their ideas of how Catholics should practice their faith. It is unknown if any of the individuals involved are even Catholic, or, and even if they were, they don't have the right as employers or even as individuals to tell Catholics how to practice their faith. They, as resident anesthesiologists are very strong pro-life individuals. And this was such a harm to them. And so we did, we attempted to, to keep them in their positions while we fought this denial of their exemptions and by filing a temporary restraining order. And what the Medical College of Wisconsin Affiliated Hospitals did was retaliated and permanently marred their, their files. So that made it almost impossible, if not impossible, for these two residents ever to seek another residency to complete their passion of becoming anesthesiologists. Now, I, I want to, I mean, this, this is, I want to have a double take on this, okay? So you're saying that, you know, these individuals, they filed their, their claim with t Title VII. That's a, it's part of the Civil Rights Act. I mean, you know, they're supposed to be protected from punitive measures for laying claim to their civil rights under, the, under Title VII, right? Or under a state civil rights statute. I, I, it just seems to me like this is so obvious and so blatant an error. Uh, is there any, you think the other side gets it at this point, that they, 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 they blew it? Well, it's pretty astonishing because we did file a federal lawsuit on behalf of the anesthesiologists. And MICWA, or Medical College of Wisconsin Affiliated Hospitals, filed a motion to dismiss claiming they didn't state a claim. Um, we filed a response and they recently filed a reply stating that 
actually becoming theologians and and claiming how these anesthesiologists should be practicing their faith and following the Pope, not recognizing that Catholics' moral convictions come from their conscience and that the Pope is not the highest authority on COVID vaccinations. Right. So right. it's a huge blunder. And even if they, even if it was, even if the Pope was the the highest authority in that, it comes from your personal convictions within Catholicism and within the law. Right. So, you know, I've heard this before, where employers are saying, "Well, you know, what's the what's your your pastor of your church believe? Does he does he believe this, or does your denomination have they come out with a statement uh, on this against the vaccine or with?" With regard to Catholics, they say, oh, you know, the Pope said it's fine. It's fine for you to, to, to take these, uh, these vaccines. Uh, when they do that, they're really not even looking at Title VII because Title VII is not based, and case law says this, correct me if I'm wrong, Title VII doesn't say your religious freedom is based or limited upon your denomination or what your pastor or your, your Pope says. It's based on your sincerely held religious beliefs, not that of some other institution. So, but we still see this being argued, don't we? Like the case that you just mentioned. It is astonishing. And there are a whole host of Catholics within this country who did not take COVID vaccination because of the aborted fetal stem cell lines. And for an employer to tell someone how to practice their faith is beyond the pale. Yeah, it, it certainly is. It certainly is. And um, I, I, I know they, they greatly appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, you know, Medical College of Wisconsin. Uh, that's that's so uh, so frustrating to see such an institution act so indignantly and uh, maybe ignorantly with regards to uh, the rights being claimed by our clients. Uh, Wisconsin is also seeing a lot of denials. I understand of the religious accommodation requests. Uh, can you tell us what happened with regards to a? A, a, a Christmas, uh, a Christian gift shop coordinator, and how PGI is helping? Yeah, so the plaintiff in this case is a woman who once owned a Christian bookstore for 12 years. Um, her background in her faith is well laid out in the facts. She is a pro-life advocate, has been for decades. When Frater Hospital, which we just discussed, who was doing the exemption request for Medical College of Wisconsin affiliated hospitals, when they put their their policy on COVID vaccination forward, they did allow for many accommodations. And this this particular individual, Heidi, who asked, she didn't ask for a religious exemption in accordance with the timeline because she has a disease which flares, Meniere's disease, which flares with vaccinations. And so she had a medical exemption request in place by the time the deadlines were put forward. And so they said, you have a permanent medical exemption, no need to file a religious exemption request. Three months later, uh, Heidi fell in the workplace and had a severe fall and was injured. Within three days, they revoked the, the medical exemption request and said, and she said, well, I, I can't take COVID vaccination, medical or not, because I have a huge problem with the aborted fetal stem cell lines, which are which are related to all of the va- available COVID vaccines. And Frederick said, sorry, it's past the deadline. We're not even going to consider it. Even though at the time they were hiring new employees and still going through the religious exemption request process. And so she was blocked out 
And this back injury was so severe, she ended up on leave for three for three months, had surgery, and when she came back to work May 5th and asked to resubmit her religious exemption request prior to that, they said, sorry, you're fired. And within months of her termination date, they announced their 2022 COVID vaccination policy and the possibility for religious exemptions. So right. they, they they weaponized the process. Yeah, they weaponized to- it. They used it as a tool to to purge people of faith, people like her, from her job. Now, you know, when they when they try to to, to do this ploy where they say, oh, so you, you had a medical exemption before and now it's no longer uh, or you know needed or valid and, and now you're laying claim to religious exemption. Oh, Gosh, you you know you, you're supposed to have done that at this date or at this time, so you you know your faith no longer applies. I mean, basically that's what they're saying, and yet Title VII doesn't afford them that, does it? I mean, there's nowhere in Title VII where it says you must file your religious uh, exemption request within 30 days of first recognizing something, or within the month of October or July. I mean, that's that's not in the Title VII. I think they have a very very weak argument in making in, in this case. What say you? Oh, absolutely. First of all, the Title VII does not recognize an arbitrary deadline imposed by an employer. Second of all, at the time, they were hiring new people and were going through the religious exemption process for new hires. And and thirdly, when she came back to work at the beginning of May of 2022 or wanted to come back to work in, the, in May of 2022, they were just starting to initiate the new COVID vaccine policy for the 2022 year. So it's not like they stopped accepting religious exemptions at a certain point. They were still accepting them. They just weren't accepting Heidi's. They still just weren't accepting. Okay, so how uh, I, I call that arbitrary, <laughs> very arbitrary, <laughs> unjustifiable, and just like you said, they're just trying to weaponize the process to purge people that they don't want. And what I've noticed generally, Carol, is that it's people of faith that are, seem to be the victims of the purging. Uh, they're the ones that seem to be the, the, the first to be fired. And that's why I'm so glad we've stepped up with, with attorneys like you in our many offices across the country. And uh, I'm really glad that we have people like you there in Wisconsin to stand up against this. At PJI, we exist to serve everyone in need of counsel, representation, and defense of their religious liberties, parental rights, and the sanctity of life. We don't take cases based on how high profile they are. We are workhorses, not show horses. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Welcome back. Uh, You know, we just had some great conversations with attorney Carol Lee Ferraro, who's doing some fantastic work uh, there in uh, Wisconsin, but I now would like to, to turn the page, if you will, and talk to a, a, the attorney we have for the Pacific Justice Institute, who's located in Chicago, Illinois. It's a very active place for us right now. Uh, welcome to the program, uh, Soren uh, Lee. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brad. Yeah. Now, Soren, um, I understand that you filed a num- another lawsuit in Illinois involving nurses who were terminated simply because they didn't get the controversial COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, what's, what's going on? That, that's right. So we, we've been contacted by four nurses uh, who were formerly employed by a large hospital system here in the Chicago area. Uh, this hospital employs thousands of nurses, but for some reason has targeted 
for employees in particular for their religious beliefs. Wow. Okay, so they've been targeted. Um, have other people been, by the way, I mean, have others been accommodated? Yes. So, so as I mentioned, there, there were thousands of employees here. We don't have the exact numbers, but uh, from talking with our clients, we know that uh, a lot of nurses that they worked with directly, uh, even on the same floor as them, were accommodated. Uh, so we know there has been lots of accommodations okay. provided, but not for these four clients of ours. Yeah. I just want to make that really clear to the audience that uh, we're dealing with, on its face, a, a different treatment, a desperate treatment, uh, you know, between individuals. And uh, these are individuals that you're representing who don't just have something against the vaccine. They've got strong religious beliefs, religious convictions. So uh, what did the hospital do that caused these employees to finally reach out to PJI, Pacific Justice Institute? Well, Brad, as, as you know, after uh, COVID-19 emerged, uh, hospitals have had to make important decisions about how to manage the workplaces. This hospital uh, had largely done the right thing for most of the time. Even after the vaccines were made available, uh, it did not initially require vaccines and allowed nurses to work without vaccines for more than a year uh, after they were made available. But all of that changed at the beginning of this year when the hospital did just a complete reversal and all of a sudden required vaccination for all employees. So employees began requesting religious exemptions and accommodations. And as we mentioned, uh, granted numerous um, exemption requests, uh, but, but not for these four uh, clients that we represent. Wow. So where, why, were these, uh, why were these clients treated differently then? They, they, they're doing their job. They don't have a bad record, right? No, uh, the, the, you know, the, the hospital denied the request because, according to the hospital, the, the, these four employees did not demonstrate sincerely held religious beliefs. So when we saw that, we initially suspected that these individuals who requested the exemptions were denied because of the way they answered some of the questions in the exemption form, uh, which, by the way, can be tricky to answer. Uh, but then we, we so they've got they've, they've got sort of trick questions in there uh, deliberately, not to, to just to find out where the person's coming from, but deliberately to try to trip them up and say, aha, you, you, you answered this way, this way. Uh, I think that's outrageous. Unfortunately, it's all too common, isn't it? Yeah, so, some employers do. This one, these questions were not, were not tricky in that sense, but some employers do have those types of questions. But when, when we obtained the religious exemption applications from other nurses who were given exemptions, we noticed that they were virtually the same as, as the ones that our clients submitted. So we can't see any reason why they would have granted religious exemptions to other nurses, but not, not to our clients who submitted very similar answers um, when compared to the applications that were approved. Yeah. Well, I know companies oftentimes, Soren, uh, you know, they, their, their end run is to say, we've got an, an undue burden or hardship here right? Because that's sort of their, their legal backdoor to, to deal with people who have you know, religious exemptions, requests. They can say, oh, we can't accommodate you because you know, it'd be an undue burden or hardship. So what is, what is an undue burden or hardship? 
Well, the, the Supreme Court once defined it as anything that imposes more than a de minimis cost on the employer. Uh, but circuit courts around the country have interpreted in different ways. Uh, in the Seventh Circuit, where I practice and where Chicago sits, uh, issued a decision which distinguishes that Supreme Court case, uh, which was not a religious discrimination case, uh, from those that are that do involve religious discrimination. And the Seventh Circuit has held that an undue hardship must be more than an inconvenience, more than a business disruption. It really has to be undue. And, and more than that, the company has the burden to show that any and all accommodations amount to an undue hardship. Okay. I, I like that test. I, I think that'd be a, a good defining standard that the Supreme Court should embrace, uh, which I understand they might embrace uh, in the not-too-distant future. Now, uh, could, you, could the hospital, in your opinion, based on the facts, could they show a legitimate undue burden or hardship we think no um, for a few reasons. Um, first, after COVID emerged, uh, the company operated for almost two years with no mandates in place and, and almost a year after the vaccine was available. Uh, and the employees had been able to do their jobs and, and were called heroes by, by many. Uh, second, we know many other hospitals did not require vaccines or uh, if they did, they provided accommodations such as testing or masking. So if other hospitals could operate without violating people's beliefs, then, then so could this hospital. Uh, third, uh, the hospital has already given numerous exemptions, in, including to those who worked on the same floor as our clients, as I mentioned already. So uh, we also know of other exemptions give, being given to contract nurses. So these are nurses hired by the hospital um, for a short period of time on a contract basis, they're hired to, to take the place of the ones who were terminated, but none of them had to be vaccinated. Well, well, wait, uh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> so you're saying, so they're terminating these nurses and to fill these positions, they have these part-time temporaries coming in, but they're not required to be vaccinated either. I mean, they're not required to be vaccinated. No problem with them, but these over here who have religious convictions, who've proven themselves in the workplace, they're not accommodated, they have to be vaxxed. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand the logic there. That, that makes absolutely no sense. Have you heard any kind of justification for why they, they're doing that? It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I, I, I would have a hard time seeing a judge, you know, not uh, seeing that uh, major discrepancy of, of logic and reasoning. No, it, it doesn't make sense. And, and we will uh, we do believe that the facts will demonstrate that there's contract nurses um, working there that are not vaccinated. And the I think the only thing that the employer can rely on is is to somehow, you know, suggest or, or try to argue that these four individuals in particular did not articulate sincere religious beliefs. But, you know, as, as we've discussed already, we don't think that argument's going to go very far. So we're, we're very happy with the facts. We're happy with the law. And so we, we do intend to, to take this all the way if, if necessary. Yeah. Well, what are the potential damages that we're looking at here? Because oftentimes people, they look at this and they say, well, does that mean they just, they're going to get their jobs back? Is, is that the, the long and short of it? Or are there some other damages that may be involved here that could cause this employer to think twice about uh, doing this again in the future? Yeah, so, so getting their jobs back is, is one element, but um, we're, we're going for a lot more. 
And um, these nurses and other employees in similar cases can uh, request back, back pay, front pay, uh, damages for emotional distress, attorney's fees, uh, punitive damages. There's all sorts of um, damages that, that um, employers in similar situations can request. Okay. So you're active and uh, very busy helping people in a lot of cases. So uh, keep up the great work, Soren. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Uh, well, folks, you may have heard of it. Uh, we're, we're having our big celebration of Justice Gala coming up this year, October 28th at the JW Marriott in Anaheim. And we've got a fantastic guest speaker, the former White House Press Secretary, Kaylee McEnany, and she's going to be our keynote speaker. It's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, we already have over 100 tickets sold. Uh, you know, and It's not until October, folks, <laughs> but we already have this many tickets sold. So if you want information, uh, I encourage you to get those uh, sooner rather than later, your tickets at, at uh, pji.org. If you need assistance or an attorney would like to get involved in our work, also the same website, pji.org. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at PJI.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.